0: Any team can beat another team. And I don't know, don't really care a whole lot uh, who wins the Super Bowl tonight. I just uh, am hoping for a good game to maybe be able to watch. But what I want to think about really as we start this morning is any given Sunday, when we come together to worship God, people are bringing baggage. People are bringing a lot of stuff going on in their lives. And today, in this room with us here, we've got people that got stuff going on. People who have lost loved ones, people who have had great things happen this week, people who have had horrible things happen this week. But we've come together this morning to worship God because he is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of us trying to set set everything else outside of our minds and focusing on what's really important. And as we begin to do that uh, this morning for our sermon, I'd love for you to join me in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us. We thank you for the blessing of life. We thank you for the opportunity we have in the midst of our busy days and our busy schedules and all the things that we have going on. we thank you for this opportunity we have to, to stop and to focus and to draw our minds and our hearts to you. Lord, as we have sung these songs and offered these prayers and as we hear a portion of your word, as we worship you today, we recognize that we have come before the throne of Almighty God. Lord, we pray that the things that we have done and that we will continue to do this day and throughout our lives will be pleasing to you. Pray that you'll help us to love you and Lord, when we fail to love you and do the right thing, we pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, be with us and help us and strengthen us and use us to accomplish your will. And thank you for the opportunity you've had, you've given to us to be a part of your family. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that that which is lost. The Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek and save that which is lost. In, In short, God, Jesus, came to save the lost of this world. And we, as his body, as was already read to us, as described in Ephesians and also in Colossians, we recognize that we are a part of the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we have the opportunity to continue on the work of Christ. And that's what we're trying to do. But if we think about that, uh, the, the job is to seek and save the lost. This thing sounds really bad. So I'm going to turn it off and just use this mic. All right. See if that works any better. All right, thank you. Very good. This is just a great way to start. Here we go. Ready? We're going to call an audible and make this work. Okay. The Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. And today that is our job as his body here on earth today. That's our responsibility. That's the thing that we are supposed to be about, seeking and saving the lost. But if we stop and think about that, if we think about the things that he has commanded us to do, you think about uh, the great commission that he has given to us uh, on the, the very last day of his life, but right before he ascends up into heaven, what does he tell us to do? He says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age but if I think about that if I stop and think about that duty that responsibility that I as a Christian have that you as a Christian have the reality is that's too big I can't do that by myself you know we've thought about here at Jefferson Avenue some things that we want to regularly bring to our minds and remind ourselves about and you can kind of notice that we're pretty familiar with it but we want to love God and love others we want to be disciples and make disciples but again if we stop and think about that that's too big for us I can't do that by myself. We can't do that by ourselves. But in reality, that's a good thing. Because if we are ever trying to do something that we don't need God's help with, then we're trying to do something that's too small. God wants us to do great things. God wants us to do things that we can only accomplish through him. And loving God is hard enough, much less loving other people. As being a disciple, following Jesus sometimes is hard enough, much less making other people disciples, helping them to become followers of Jesus. So we would ask ourselves, maybe we, more importantly, we would ask God, God, how am I going to do that? And this morning, our, our idea is, when we think about this, this super Sunday, this special focus that we want to have today is God, What are you going to help? How are you going to help me? What are you going to give me? How are you going to, the word we're using today, how are you going to equip me to make sure that I can do these things? God, I know that you want me to do these things. You wouldn't have told me to do them if you weren't going to help me. So how have you helped me? If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, we'll start in verse 19 here in just a few minutes. We're going to hop around the book of Ephesians. We'll go to one other passage outside of Ephesians here shortly, but we'll be mostly in Ephesians. So look to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 19 through 22. God, how are you going to help me do this thing that you have commanded me to do and clearly that you want me to do? You wouldn't, you wouldn't tell me to do it if you weren't going to give me the tools that I needed. How are you going to help me Do these things, to love you, to love others, to be a disciple and to help make other people disciples. How are you going to help me seek and save the lost because that was your mission and now you've given your mission to your church, to your body. Ephesians 2, starting in verse 19, it says, So then you are no longer, okay, we once were, you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of God's household, okay, Christians, you are of God's household. Let's let's stop there just for a minute because most of this in these verses is talking about us as Christians, but I want you to I want to draw your attention again to that phrase, so then you are no longer strangers and sojourners. That means at one point we were not a part of God's family not a part of God's household not with God's people and the idea here is that God wants us to be a part of his household but he also wants everyone else to be a part of his household in the same way that you came whether you grew up going to church or you didn't grow up going to church or whatever your your faith journey has been here you are today if you're a Christian as a follower of Jesus and you came from wherever you are and here you are now and God wants that same thing for your next-door neighbor. He wants that same thing for your coworker. He wants that same thing for anyone and everyone we may ever interact with. God wants them to ha- this no longer, he wants them to now be a part of the household of God. So how do we do that? Verse number 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That's where it starts. Jesus Jesus. Jesus and then the teachings that we read about in the Bible from the apostles and the prophets and then it says that this the spiritual building as we we are building this thing and notice notice what it says we're building verse 21 in whom the whole building being joined together is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit now that last phrase is pretty powerful we're being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit God wants to dwell with us in the spirit and but but I love what it said and I, I really took some time time the end of verse 21 to try and understand when it says in whom the whole body being joined together is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord now your version may say temple or something else in there instead of a sanctuary but that word there is is more than it's, it's pretty specific word in the original language okay Even if you think about if your word there, if if it's there for you, is is temple. uh, It's pretty specific. It's not just the temple. This word sanctuary, when we think about the Old Testament temple, the temple of the Jews that God told them how to build, it specifically had to deal with the holy place and the holy of holies. Listen to what it says. You are being built and joined together and growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord. The holy place, the, the holy of holies was where the... The presence of God was. Now you and I, we talked about this in our Bible class that David Fox taught this morning, but you and I know that we have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. The book of Romans tells us that and other places tell us that. Uh, individually, that's true. But then this, this collective idea that we, as the body of Christ, are also the sanctuary of God that God dwells within us. Some, you know, some people, some of our religious friends, maybe even some of us sometimes might might refer to this building right here as a sanctuary. We more often call it an auditorium, uh, but some folks refer to a place like this as a as a sanctuary. But God says this building is not a sanctuary. Instead, we all of us together, not just you, but but we are a sanctuary we are the the place where the presence of god dwells so we want to be built into this holy place this sanctuary for god but it's not just us we also want to invite other people to come and be a part of this place as we are being built together so so god how are you going to help me do that Do you have any instructions have you given me any tools well here's when we'll go out of ephesians turn over to second timothy chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3, you know verses 16 and 17 especially, but I want us to back up to verse 14 to kind of set the context and appreciate a few more things about this passage, okay? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. God, you you want us to build this building, you want us to be built up together, we're into this this sanctuary uh, for God, for you, Lord, uh, but, but how are we going to do that? Do you have any instructions? Now, I could ask... Uh, for a showing of hands, if of, of the men or maybe even of the women, about you know when you get a piece of furniture, whether it be from IKEA or from Home Depot or wherever it might be, but one of those places where you buy it and it's not put together, and you've got to put it together. Maybe maybe think about, especially those of you uh, who have children, when you first put that crib together, and you thought, man, that's going to be so easy. That won't be too bad, and you didn't take the time to read the instructions. Now, sometimes. Sometimes we get lucky and everything just goes perfectly well. More often than not, in my experiences, I think, man, that's pretty simple. It's, I mean, I know where these pieces go, but I always end up using the wrong screw in the wrong place and it's too short or it's too long or I get it in there and it looks the right, but then I need that specific screw for another piece later on and I have to tear the whole thing down because I didn't listen to the instructions. So again, God loves us. God loves you, church. He would would not fail to give us the instructions that we need to succeed. But do we ever fail to heed the instructions that he's given to us? Absolutely. There's no failure on God's part there. God has given to us exactly what we need. But sometimes we fail to listen to it. 2 Timothy chapter three, starting verse 14. But you, continuing in the things you learned and became convinced of, knowing whom you learned them from, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. So 2 Timothy is written to Timothy, who is a preacher again at Ephesus. So everything we're talking about today is happening in and around the, the church at Ephesus. And Paul is writing to Timothy and saying, hey, I know your background, Timothy. You grew up and you had a faithful mother and grandmother we learn from other passages that, that taught you the word and, and I'm, I'm encouraging you to make sure that you stick with what you know stick with the instructions the wisdom that comes from my word that you have known since you were a child it's able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus Timothy don't forget that you know that and then he goes on to those verses that we know verses 16 and 17 all scripture is God breathed And it's profitable. It's good for something. Well, what is it good for? It's good for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man or the child of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, which is most of us, maybe not all of us, probably not all of us, but you have have named Jesus as your Lord and you've committed to serving Christ with everything that you have, you would be foolish to ignore the directions, to ignore the teachings and the instructions of the Lord. As we're thinking about us together, communally as a group of people being built up together, that's absolutely true and God's going to do that building, but you have to do your part to make this work together we've been given instructions we've been given the tools that we need and again we can't be as foolish as we might be when we're putting together a a piece of furniture or whatever it might be and says oh I can I know what I need to do I can handle this listen we've got to start with listening to what the word of God says and when we listen to what the word of God says we will not always do that perfectly did you hear me You will not always follow God even according to his word perfectly, even though you have the knowledge because sometimes our wisdom or the putting it into practice fails. But there's no way that you can please God if you don't listen to what he says. We would be foolish. You would be foolish. Not to regularly involve yourself in the study of God's word. But what else has God given to us? Not only has he given us the instructions, not only has He given us the tools so that we can be adequate, equipped for every good work, everything that God wants us to do, He's given us what we need for that, but look over to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. Let's read verses 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter four verses 11 through 16. Uh, when we think about this, God has also given us a, a crew. He's given us a, a crew of people to work together, and, and spoiler alert, that's each other, okay? That's us. God's given us a crew to work with. It's not just he he's wants us to build, 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 be built into this spiritual sanctuary, this spiritual building, or the spiritual temple, but, but he's given us people to work alongside us. It's not just your responsibility. It's all of our responsibility. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, uh, th- there's some some information here about what God says we need to have in order to make the church help the church to grow. Look at verse 11. And he himself, Jesus, God, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give us those things? Why did he give us these leaders? Notice each one of those roles is a leadership role. Why did he give us those leaders? For the equipping of the saints, for the equipping of everybody. Why? For the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, the, these are two uh, examples. You think about built, being built together and the body of Christ. These are two examples that are used most often in the New Testament. When we think about who we are as a group of people, we are uh, this spiritual building, the spiritual sanctuary, but we're also this body terribly and, and definitely connected, okay? So he's given us these leaders for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, for the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. There's our aim. We as a body of people are to be like the fullness of Christ. We're to act like Jesus so that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, we're to mature, we're to become who God wants us to be in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, all of us, being joined and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. You may or may not know this, but there are uh, there has been countless hours and much money spent uh, in, in, the, in the Christian world to figure out how in the world are we going to make the church grow. And God tells us how to make the church grow in those verses right there. Do you want to know how to make the church grow? God has given us leaders to equip all of us for the work so that we can grow into the fullness of Christ and if we will all individually do our part, then we will grow. And we will grow individually, you'll mature, you'll become more of who God wants you to be. And then also that will attract other people to come and to want to be who God wants us to be. We have a crew of people to work alongside us. It's not just you by yourself trying to do this job, trying to do this, this job that's too big for you, that's too big for me. We have a crew of people to work with us and then lastly this morning as we think about God how are you going to equip us for this job that's too big for us it's too big for me and it's too big for all of us together how are you going to do this you want us to be built into this sanctuary God you have given us instructions you've given us some tools and you've given us this crew but but even even then God is it's is it enough can we do it look in Ephesians chapter 3 verses twenty. And 21, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. You know these verses, but remember these verses and think about them as we think about this job that we have to do. Now to him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or understand, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen told this story before but it fits here so I'll I'll tell it again shortly before we we moved here and actually in preparation to move here we were uh finishing our our attic and when I started it before we knew we were going to move here uh I had to use YouTube University because I'd I'd never framed a wall before hadn't swung a hammer very much I you know I hit stuff and driven some nails before but really hadn't built a whole lot so we had uh this, this empty upstairs, this attic area that uh was, was gonna be a great spot for us and we bought the house thinking we'll finish this out and it'll just be a great blessing. But we had to move some things around, we had to move some uh some some rafters around all these types of things. Uh and I began with just a, a framing hammer. Uh and I, I we had to take some some wood down and, and me and my uh extreme experience and knowledge of the skill of uh carpentry and building things, I just started whacking it with the hammer. It worked, uh, but when I was doing that, and especially after that part and when I had to, to go to the next part of of moving the pieces and putting them in the proper place and moving them to where they needed to be and all these things, all I had was that framing hammer. We're talking, I was up there some days for four or five hours just swinging that hammer, and it got to the point at one point that my, my ring finger in my right hand, it got stuck like that. I don't know why that happens. I guess just the repetitive motion of swinging a hammer and, and it gets stuck like that. And I got a little scared, all right, because I couldn't move my finger and it hurt a little bit, uh, but it got stuck like that. You know what I did within the next couple days? I went to the store and I bought a nail gun and it was a lot more effective. Having the right tool matters. Listen, Jesus told his disciples, his followers, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop there, does he? He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If I rely on me, if we rely just on us, it'll be like swinging that framing hammer. We might get something done. We might accomplish some things but we won't do it to the fullest extent that God wants us to do it. We've got to rely upon the power of God because he is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or understand. According to the power that it was work, where? Within us. Within you, yes, but let's think about it this morning as within us. When you think about this idea of being equipped for this work that we have, I looked on the uh, U.S. Census Bureau's uh, website even last night, and there are, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 7.951 billion people on the earth. That's a lot. And most of them are spiraling toward being lost eternally. And we are the New Testament church of Jesus Christ. We have the message, the gospel message of Jesus That God came to earth, lived a perfect life, died a horrible death, and rose again so that we could have the hope of eternal life. This morning as we think about this this job that we have, and, and whoever you are, if you've been a Christian for a long time or a short time, if you've ever taught a Bible class or would never feel comfortable teaching a Bible class, whatever your skill level is, whatever your talents are, God has asked you to be a part of this mission. And it's not our mission It's not our our mission just here at Jefferson Avenue. It's the mission of the church because we are the body of Christ and we are to be being built up together into this sanctuary of God, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us. We've got a job to do and it's a big job and I can't do it alone and I need you and God has given us to one another and God has given us leaders, but for the working or the equipping of all of us according to the power that works within us, not our own power, not our own talents, not our own abilities, but all of those things paired with the power of God. This morning, I want you to know that when you leave this place today, and maybe even before you leave this place today, you'll interact with someone who's lost. And if Jesus came back today, they would spend eternity separated from him. What are you going to do about it? What example will you set? What words might you say? What actions might you take? To help them even realize that there is a God who loves them. And that you love them. Because you are a part of the body of Christ. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we come to you as frail and weak and imperfect people that those of us who are Christians here have become righteous and sanctified and perfect in your eyes and Lord we, we know that you are happy that we are in that state but you're not happy with how many people are in that state that you want more people to be saved And that's why you're being patient, so that no one will perish, Lord. Lord, you have given to us the privilege and the honor, the duty and the responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world around us, with our family members and those that we love, our friends, and Lord, even with complete strangers and even with our enemies. Lord, some of those things are easier than others, but Lord, you have called us to do all of those things. Lord, I pray that you will continue to equip us. Give us the leaders that we need. Be with the leaders that we have, our, our shepherds and our deacons and our Bible class teachers and, 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 and anyone and everyone that's in our life and in this church, especially Lord, that, that you have placed here to help us, to equip us, God. Lord, if we need more or if we need different or if we need uh, just greater and greater and growth, Lord, give us what we need and we trust that you will. Be with our current leaders and bless them and help them. And Lord, thank you for them. And Lord, continue to use them to equip us in even greater ways, God. Lord, be with each of us as, as saints. Not And we, we say that word and it makes us feel uncomfortable, God. But you have made us saints through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you've given us these leaders to equip each and every one of us for the work of service, for the sharing of the gospel. Lord, help us to realize and appreciate and recognize that that is our our duty, it's our responsibility, and it is a privilege to tell people about you. Lord, help us to do that with our actions, but help us to do that with our words. Help us to be brave enough to talk to the people we're closest to and the people that we may just meet for the first time even today. Help us to tell them that you love them, that you care about them. Lord, I pray that... Through your grace and your mercy and our meager efforts, there will be more people in heaven from Cookville, Tennessee because of the things we try to do for you. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Use us for your glory and forgive us for our sins. We pray these things in Christ's name, amen. This morning, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't... Named Christ as your Lord, as the Lord of your life, the one who you're going to try to follow. If you haven't submitted to baptism where all your sins are washed away, uh, we would encourage you to do that, to, to make the decision this morning that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrected son of God and you're willing to name him as your Lord and submit to baptism and, and try to change your life, making sure that your life lines up with these instructions, doing the thing that God wants you to do, you won't do it perfectly, but you'll do it faithfully. If you're interested in that, we're interested in helping you. Uh, The Bible tells us that people who are believers in Christ, who are willing to name him as Lord and repent of their sins, they're baptized into Christ, where all spiritual blessings are, where there's no condemnation and no separation from the love of God. If you're interested in those things, we would love to help you even in this moment to become a Christian, to become a follower of Jesus. Uh, But if you want to study about that more and look at what God's word says, we want to help you in that too. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Hey, we're going to heaven We're not there yet, but we're going to heaven. And God expects us to help as many people get there with us as we can. What will you do today to make that happen? If we can help you in any way this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.